Inner battles like fear, depression, offense, and insecurity plague us all from time to time. But when you know the cycle that creates inner battles, you'll know the easy way to beat them. This is the Shut Up Devil Show, and I am Kyle Winkler, author of the book Shut Up Devil and creator of the Shut Up Devil app. I'm all about shutting down the lies and struggles that keep you from thriving in God's design for your life. And I'm here to do it every single week with a live online audience. So join me sometime if you haven't yet, Thursdays at 8 central at kylewinkler.org slash live. And by the way, before we get into the message, a big thank you to the donors and partners who keep us here. You know, we are entirely donor supported. And if you'd like to support us, you may do so at any time kylewinkler.org slash donate. Okay, we are talking about battles in this message. You know what I mean by a battle, right? It's a conflict, a fight, a tug of war sometimes <laughs> against something that's an obstacle or an enemy to you. Some of us wrestle with them pretty persistently. Others only when they pop up from time to time. But there are three kinds of battles. You'll see why these distinctions are important in a minute. The first is a spiritual battle. This is what the Apostle Paul means when he said in Ephesians 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. That's spiritual. The reality is we have an enemy and he's after us. And from time to time, some of what we deal with are the results of that. Second kind of battle is a physical battle. Of course, this could be part spiritual too. In the Old Testament, Job suffered immense physical battles that were the workings of the enemy. But not every physical problem has a devil behind it. Sometimes they are the results of the fallen world we live in. The third kind of battle is emotional, what I call an inner battle. These are the negative feelings we fight and the mind games that plague us. These are what I want to talk about in this message. Of the 6,200 thoughts the average person has per day, 6,200. I don't know how they studied that, but somehow they did, and that's the number they came up with. But of that amount, studies have shown that 70% of them are negative. So with three-fourths of our thought life being negative, and that includes for Christians, we're, we're not exempt from that stat, sadly. But with three-fourths of our thoughts being negative, I'd say it's safe to admit that we all have something inside of us that we wish we didn't feel or think. Even those of us who've been born again in Christ for years, we have our share of stuff too, like I said. A little later in this message, I'll show you why. And baby Yoda here is going to help me with that. Some of the most popular inner battles are depression and discouragement, fear and worry, insecurity, loneliness, stress. The problem is most of us, when we fight these inner battles, we fight them as if they are a spiritual or physical battle. Either we think it's a devil and do everything to cast it out, or we treat it like a physical symptom and we try to work it out or do things to alleviate the symptoms. 
And then we get frustrated because the things we think should work aren't working. That was like the first decade of my Christianity. I talk a lot about this in my book, Shut Up Devil. But I had all of this insecurity and shame and fear in me, ultimately from things that caused a lot of childhood rejection. When I first came to know the Lord, I bought all of these deliverance books, and I tried all these spiritual solutions. I'd do these seven-day juice-only fasts just to feel back to the same old me seven days later. I became a super server, thinking that being in leadership and ministry would heal me. While everything I mentioned has its place, there I was a decade into doing all of this stuff, asking God, why do I still have these battles? I fought and I fought and I fought until I learned this truth I'm sharing with you here. Behind every inner battle is a root lie. So you can cast out every devil, climb all the ladders of leadership, Serve your heart out. Medicate every symptom. But until the root lie is dealt with, you will continue to battle these things inside you. Now, let me show you how these lies are developed. What they do in you that creates the battles in you. And that will all lead to the easy way to win your inner battles. What we're talking about here. The first of what's called the four great philosophical worldview questions that we all ask beginning just as soon as we can think for ourselves, is who am I? It's a question of identity. That's what an identity is. It's the substance of someone. The Bible calls this the heart. More on that in a few minutes. For every single one of us, the who am I question is answered through a mixture of experiences and feelings and memories, values. So I'm going to sum it all up. I'm going to bring out one of my Handy charts here. You know, I love these things. I'm going to sum up the battle cycle. I'm going to write all of these on a single word. We'll start with realities. And as I said, these are made up from feelings, experiences, And memories. Let's see if I can spell that right. There we go. Feelings, experiences, and memories. So, using me as an example, going back to my first memories, I was shy. I felt insecure. And people said mean things about me. I felt on the outside of everyone else. So as soon as I kind of had an awareness of what that all means, I began to answer the question of who am I with a single word, reject. And of course, with that single label came all the other thoughts about what that means. Nobody likes me. Nobody will ever like me. I'm not good enough. I'm too much of that, this. I'm too little of that. On and on and on. So it was true. It was a real reality that I was shy. It was true that I felt insecure. It was true that people said sometimes mean things about me. What wasn't true was the conclusion that my mind, with the help of the enemy, I'm sure, came to. And therefore, the majority of my thoughts came from a lie. So realities 
turn into lies which influence thoughts. Those realities that I really dealt with were then lied about to me, which began to influence negative thoughts. This is how the battle cycle begins. So before I move on here, I just want to pause for a minute and think about your situation. What experiences did you have early on? What were your realities? How did those influence your answer to the question, who am I? Did they tell you that you're a victim, that you're a failure, you're unwanted, you're wrong? What negative thoughts came because of that label? Did you believe nobody will ever treat you right? That you can't trust any authority figure, that you'll never succeed? Nobody will ever love you? God can't use you? You don't belong? We could really linger here for a while. But I challenge some of you that are serious about overcoming some stuff to write these questions down and come back later. Question one, what were my realities? Question two, what did that make me believe about myself? And question three, what negative thoughts did that produce? Okay, so by this time, the battles form as lies get rooted in us. By the time we get into adolescence and we can really make sense of things, that's when the lie and its thoughts really start to be influential. And who we believe we are then tells us what to do. I love how one preacher put it. The me I see is the me I'll be. In other words, the beliefs that you have about yourself always affect your behaviors. So realities, lies, thoughts influence your behaviors. Now this isn't rocket science. If you believe that you're capable of doing something, you're much more likely to seek out opportunities. Belief affects behaviors. That's the positive sense of it. But when it's a belief based on shame, that who you are is wrong, that kind of belief is observed to create self-fulfilling prophecies, it reduces hope, it undermines efforts to change. Belief affects behavior. This isn't psychology, this is scripture. Remember I said that the biblical heart represents identity? I teach this at length in Shut Up Devil. But in Hebrew, heart is lab, which essentially means one's inner self. Well, this is why Proverbs 4.23 says to guard your heart, guard yourself, guard your beliefs about yourself, guard who you are above all else, because it determines the course of your life. Jesus said it too. Matthew 15, verse 18, he says, the words you speak come from the heart, and that's what defiles you. It comes from what you believe about yourself. Have good beliefs about yourself, proper beliefs about yourself. You'll speak positively. If you don't, you'll speak negatively. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts. So continuing the battle cycle, realities become a root lie 
they develop your heart. A root lie produces negative thoughts. Thoughts turn into behaviors. And if you don't know how to stop this cycle, it continues to produce battles because it just creates more realities, more experiences, more memories, more of people's opinions, and on and on and on it goes. Here's a practical story from my life, just to kind of show you how all this works. Years ago, I was doing what most of us do when we're bored, and I was just swiping through social media. When I recognized a string of posts from an old friend, the first was a photo of him in this opportunity that I always wanted. The second photo was him in the same opportunity. And the third was the same. And the fourth was the same. <laughs> I mean, it was like probably a dozen photos in a period of two days that were all different versions of the same thing. Well, this raised an ugly thing in me. I mean, a sense of insecurity, inadequacy, anger in a way. Until so finally, I pressed that fun little unfollow button, the one that, you know, hides a person's post but still stays friends with them so that they don't know. I thought, that'll take care of these feelings in me. But after I pressed unfollow, God got right to the root. You know what I heard? I heard, better than you unfollowing him is for you to get satisfied with the life that you have. You see, this lie in me that I was a reject and would always be rejected created all kinds of feelings in me that went wild with certain triggers. I could continue to do things to mask the symptoms, but those inner battles would always come back and influence me if I didn't finally change my beliefs about me. It was in this season in my life, like I said, a decade or so after I was saved, that God began to show me how we really win these battles. He said, Kyle, you need to begin to identify with your new identity. You see, the moment you say yes to Jesus, the Bible assures that you are a new person. It describes that your sin nature was cut out and replaced with the nature of God. This is the moment when you get what we preachers like to call the identity of Christ. This is the moment, I love how Colossians 3 verse 3 puts it, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ. Now this trips some people up, and it did me too, because many of us wonder, if I've been a Christian for X number of years, doesn't matter, five years, 20 years, two years, whatever. Why am I still feeling a lot of the same old things? The reason is because though your new identity in Christ makes you right and perfect before God, and it does, look up Romans 3.22, 25, 28, it all says we are made right when we say yes to Jesus with our belief. So, your identity in Christ makes you right and perfect before God, what theologians call being justified and sanctified by God. Your salvation doesn't automatically make everything right or perfect in your flesh or emotions. You are spiritually perfected in Christ, but not physically or emotionally. 
Now, Baby Yoda here, he's going to help me illustrate this to you. Baby Yoda, he is green. He's got big ears. Only three fingers on each hand. He's different from everyone else. And this causes him great shame. It's led him down the path to the dark side until he found the light. In a powerful moment, he says yes to Jesus. He surrenders his life to Christ. He is saved. A monumental change happened to him. His sin nature was cut out of him. He was forever forgiven. And now he is in Christ. So I've got this jar here that represents Christ. And I'm going to put it over baby Yoda. Get it over his ears there. <laughs> there we go. Hopefully you can see that. He is in Christ. Jesus is his identity. In God's eyes, that's all that matters. When God looks down at him, all he sees is Jesus. But to him and all the others around him looking at him, he's still green. He still has big ears. He still has only three fingers on each hand, even though he's in Christ. Now, he has a joy he's never had before. He has a hope he's never had before. He has access to a strength he's never had before. But the core of his personality hasn't changed. Some of his quirks haven't changed, and his memories haven't been immediately erased. And though he's in Christ, if he still focuses only on how people see him or how he sees himself in the natural, he's still going to battle all that old insecurity and shame and fear and depression and probably do a lot of what it used to lead him to do. Now, there are still some things that he deals with. But thankfully, now that he's in Christ, there's an ultimate reality greater than anything he still feels, wrestles, remembers, or hears. Jesus now defines him. God's word is more real than what he feels. And winning his battles isn't trying to change himself or shrink his ears or get more fingers on his hands with a bunch of striving or behavior modification. No, any real healing or deliverance happens inside. It happens by identifying with his new identity in Christ. Basically, the victory cycle is the same as the battle cycle. It just begins with a new reality. He is in Christ. Therefore, his identity is now right, accepted, loved, complete. It's everything Jesus is. His responsibility now is to simply renew his mind to his new identity. It's like God told me, identify with your new identity. It's a renewal of the mind. You got to put salvation thoughts into your mind. So not only does he think accordingly then, but in time he will actually speak accordingly and act and react accordingly. It changes him from the inside out. But he has to understand. His ears probably are never going to shrink. He's probably not going to change a different color. When I was saved, I didn't go from being an introvert to being an extrovert. I still don't care for small talk. I still don't like cold weather, seafood, or coffee. 
Now, people aren't always okay with that. They have tried to change me and still try sometimes. They have put espresso beans in my brownies. And I can sense it from a mile away. It would gag the dog to me. But none of what I cannot change bothers me anymore because I know that because of Jesus, none of that defines me because first and foremost, my identity is in Him. So to give you a real-world example of what this looks like, I'll give you a story from when I was working with a publisher just before my second book, Activating the Power of God's Word. I submitted a proposal that I worked on for weeks and weeks. And when I heard back from them, they rejected it. Now, by this time, I knew my identity in Christ. But for about half of a day, their rejection hit some of those memories in me and started to spin off some of those negative thoughts. I'll never write another book. I guess the ministry is over. They don't like me. Well, obviously, those were lies because I did write another book. (laughs) But in this case, finally, I snapped out of it by renewing my mind to my identity in Christ. I finally had to say, no, their rejection doesn't define me. It doesn't mean anything about me personally. It doesn't change God's call on my life. You see, that's how you win these inner battles. Hear me. Winning your battles is not that you will never feel them again. It's that they don't define you to influence you anymore. You know, I've been doing a number of interviews lately on radio, TV, and podcasts for my Shut Up Devil book. And people interviewing me often want to ask, can you really shut up the devil? And I say, well, we have to be realistic that the enemy is the father of lies. We're not going to change his nature by arguing with him, okay? He's going to keep lying. What shutting up means, just as, you know, when your mama said, don't say shut up, Because shutting up is really dismissing somebody. It's saying, you're not worth my time. I don't want to even listen to you. It's not good to say to people, but it is good to say to the devil. That's what shutting him up is. It's ultimately saying, I'm not going to take in what you're saying. I'm not going to listen to it because I know better. And that's what you do with these thoughts and these inner battles as well. It's not that they still don't pop up. It's not that you don't feel them from time to time. It's that You don't allow them to define you, to influence you anymore. When a feeling pops up that tries to say, this is who you are, your ears are too big, your personality is too quirky, you say, my identity is in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, I am a new person in Christ. Psalm 139, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Genesis 1.27, God made me in His image. When an accusation pops up, reminding you of your trip to the dark side, or even of some mistake since you've been a Christian. I mean, the fall and fall and the broken break, you're not going to be perfect in the natural. So the devil can fire away and that's okay. Because when you know who you are in Christ, the shame's not going to sink in. 2 Corinthians 5.21 would be a great one to say in moments when you feel like you. He who knew no sin took on my sin, so I made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.39, nothing can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. No person, no past, no battle, no sin, no symptom, no struggle, nothing. Look at the world today. We are in a moment in history when everyone is offended about everything. 
And look at the world's solution. They try to change everyone so that nobody offends anyone anymore. Well, how's that working out? I think it's actually only causing more divide and more offense because we somehow think unredeemed people are going to change, and then we get disappointed when we realize that they didn't. And the same things keep happening over and over again. You know, I'm not saying that this is an excuse for everything. People need to take accountability. Certainly, as a Christian in Christ, we have the power to make the adjustments that God asks us to make. But you know, we also have the power not to be offended when someone says something that really is insensitive. It could be a reality. But we don't have to be offended. We don't have to take it in. We don't have to let it define us because we can say, I'm not going to take that personally. Because my identity is in Christ. I know that I am accepted. I am loved. I am complete. I am who God designed me to be. Their words aren't going to get into me because God's word is my ultimate reality. So do you get the point? Confidence in who you are in Christ is the key to victory over the inner battles in your life. Now, I want to speak a powerful blessing over you related to all of this. But before I do, I need to tell you how I can help you beyond this message. That's what this ministry is about, not just giving information, but really providing tools to help you apply the gospel in your everyday life to really experience real healing and deliverance. So the first resource that we offer is my new book, Shut Up Devil, Silencing the Ten Battles Behind Every Battle You Face. Rather, Silencing the Ten Lies Behind Every Battle You Face. This message I just taught really encapsulates the book. Every battle you face is in some way rooted in a lie. Addictions, bad behaviors, toxic emotions, Those are all symptoms of the root lie. So in Shut Up Devil, I help you discern those lies that maybe you picked up when life let you down. And I show you how to apply truth in them, or truth to them, in a way that really works to heal and deliver you. So you can get a signed copy of Shut Up Devil on my website at kylewinkler.org slash shutupdevil or on paperback, ebook, or audiobook, wherever books are sold. A practical campaign companion to Shut Up Devil is my 30-day scripture journal, Think on These Things. I hand-selected 30 scriptures, most life-giving scriptures I could find, related to who you are in Christ. Then I present them to you, one per day, with journaling prompts that are designed to actually reprogram your brain. It works with God's design for your mind. It's designed to help you rewire, reprogram, renew your mind according to the truth that you're reflecting on. The goal is that in 30 days, as your mind gets aligned with God's truths, the rest of you gets in line too. So it's also available at kylewinkler.org. Okay, I want to speak a blessing over you. May God help you to identify with your new identity and to align your mind with His and your words with His. May you be empowered to walk according to the new life that He's given you. 
May all lies be silenced by the truth that you are made right in him. In Jesus' name. Well, that does it for the Shut Up Devil show. Remember, God is good and he is for you. And we're here for you too every week on my website at kylewinkler.org on our podcast and wherever you get your social media and wherever you're watching or listening, don't forget, tap that subscribe or follow button so that you never miss a show. See you next time.